All right, all right, all right. So real quick, guys, I, I did you guys used to have to read like messed up stories back in high school? Like required reading, you know, a lot of these schools, they give you required reading that you have to read every year in order to pass to the next grade. And I'm, one of the required readings that we were given, I think it was probably around my ninth grade year, they gave us a story called The Most Dangerous Game. Now, for you that have never heard of this movie, of course, through time, I think the book was written like in the 1920s. So between 1920 to 2011, 2021, I'm sure you guys realize that the story itself has been adapted many times. I mean, that's what most literary and, and, and entertainment people do. They take stories, original stories from long ago, and over time, it continues to adapt. Well, this one particular story, which is called The Most Dangerous Game, is a story that has always stood out to me because it's quite disturbing. And it goes as thus. But for those who have never heard the story, it starts with there's a there's a guy and his I think it's his girlfriend they're like these big game hunters and they travel all over the world and they enjoy I guess this particular guy has really built his name and his fame I think he hunted like snow leopards now guys forgive me it's been a long time since I've read this story so I'm just kind of recapitulate the way I understand it in my adaptation so He's a big game hunter. He's going out to this island. Apparently, he's going to go hunt uh, snow leopards or whatever. And that night, as they're on their ship, go you know, going out and about, he hears a loud gunshot. Well, he kind of uh, steps over to see what the sound is, and he falls overboard. And I guess apparently the ship was wrecked. So he sees an island off in the distance, and he swims to the island at night. Well, when he gets up, he is there's actually like this. Uh, oligarch I guess we could call her like this rich guy this Russian guy who finds him on the shores and apparently the Russian recognized the guys because he had read many stories about you know his conquests as a great hunter so he recognizes him he invites him in his home and they sit down and he invites him to dinner so as they're sitting at the table they're having dinner and the Russian guy is basically he's telling this hunter his story and in his story he lets him know that he too was a hunter and that all of his life that he had hunted big game circle that word big game put it on a sticky note put it on the recesses of your mind we're going to talk about that in a moment but he's sharing with this guy how he himself has been a big game hunter he's hunted big game however over time he has grown bored with hunting big game so what he has now done is he has gone for bigger game. He has set traps out in the ocean that is designed to trap big hunters that are coming through, that are going elsewhere, of course, to the other places to go hunt whatever big game they're hunting. Now he's no longer hunting big game. He is hunting people. Pause. Disturbing, right? Well, the story gets even worse. So what he's doing is... In order to get off this island, he is offering these hunters like three days worth of supplies, food. He gives them like a knife and he tells them, if you can survive this big hunt where I'm hunting you for three days, I'll set you free. Well, this guy at first, he's telling the story and the guy is repulsed because he thinks, man, this is the craziest stuff I have ever heard. 
like this is inhumane and whatever. But the moral of the story is in that conversation, he didn't think it was inhumane because he says, only the strong survive. I think that's one of the uh, passages that we get, uh, that famous phrase that we have, the survival of the fittest, that's one of the places that that particular phrase comes from. So there's some back and forth between the two guys and he ultimately lets him know that he will not comply. Well, the Russian guy is then in turn offering for this well-known hunter to follow him on a hunt the next day. Well, of course, like most common people, he's got his eye raised at this guy. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. So then the lights come on. He's thinking, well, instead of me, us going hunting, what about if I hunt you? So after much chagrin, they decide that, you know what? I will comply. I will allow you to hunt me tomorrow. Because again, this is a very wise guy that's hunting but this is also a very experienced guy that he's hunting. So the first day he sets up this trap where he like climbs a tree or whatever, and he is found. Well, he's in a tree and his, his dogs can't get to him. So he's kind of amused at this guy's prowess. So he says, you know what? I'm going to let him live tonight. I'm going to come back. Well, the next night the guy sets up like a trap where it's like, you know, one of those old traps where you've got a tree and a swinging bungee and it comes and it hits the guy in the shoulder and it like breaks his shoulder or whatever and then he's and it kills one of his dogs or whatever so now you can start seeing with each day the stakes are being raised and then the next day the hunter sets another trap it's like a trap for a Burmese tiger which is a huge tiger and it's got like his his only knife that he's been given he puts it in this trap uh, the guy falls in it he's hurt whatever 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 so now the guys be growing impatient because he's got basically one day left and he hasn't hunt, hunted the guy left yet. So he cranks it up a notch. He gets the rest of his dogs that remain and they are successful in cornering the guy on like a cliff. Well, the guy not wanting to go out like that jumps off the cliff and the oligarch, the Russian hunter, is declared the winner. However, in his mind, he is thinking, that wasn't the way I wanted it. It's the end. But he's perplexed that a guy of that stature went out like that. But in his mind, he's thinking, but I didn't see him die. So he proceeds to go home with his dogs. He goes in the house. He turns on the lights. And there is the famed hunter sitting in his kitchen. What he did was he jumped off the cliff and he swam around the island and he came up the backside of his home in a way that the dogs would not detect his smell. That was his last his last chance at survival. <laughs> well, the Russian oligarch is dumbfounded that he at his own game has been tricked. So he says, I'll tell you what, I've got one final duel. You and I, mano y mano, let's get it on. And the winner sleep in my bed tonight well the story does not conclude who won the fight but we saw the guy that had been hunted for the last three days sleeping in the bed of the Russian oligarch so we come to the conclusion that he won now I was always disturbed by that story because I never saw the significance in it but one takeaway I always had was this reality that people are built differently you get some people Sticking with this, this theme of hunters, you get basically three forms of hunters. The first hunter is are those that hunt small game. Those are the people that hunt your squirrels, rabbits, 
uh, maybe raccoons, things that don't take much skill, but with just a little bit of practice, you can hunt them and be successful. These are the kinds of people that I often will refer to as those that take no risks in life. These are people that only go after small opportunity that requires very little risk. Think about it. You know them. They'll work the same job for 50 years and do nothing to promote, will do nothing to better themselves, will do nothing to advance because they are fine with just a little piece of the pie. For some, it's not a knock on that person, but once they get their foot in the door, they are fine where they are. Is there anything wrong with that? No, there's not anything wrong with that. However, it lends to the next hunter, which is the bigger game hunter, which are people that are hunting things that require a little more skill like turkey, like deer, like moose, caribou, elk, bigger animals that if you kill one of them, often it's more rewarding because their meat goes a little further than just a squirrel. It takes many squirrels. It takes many pennies rubbed together to uh, to take care of one's hunger or to satisfy one when you're hunting squirrel. However, if you're a deer hunter, you understand what I'm saying. A lot of times one or two deer will fill your cooler for the winter and part of the summer. These are people that now understand that it takes a little more requirement to get what I want, so I'll go after it with a little bit of sacrifice. Often people who hunt deer, people who hunt turkey, people who hunt these sorts of things, they're more strategic because they're understanding these deer's patterns. They understand that a deer is a very sensitive person or animal, should I say, with a keen sense of smell, with a very keen sense of sight. So... In order to get a deer comfortable, they're often planning various things, whether feeding the deer corn, whether it's setting up plots of beans or whatever deer and turkey and these sorts of things eat. They'll prep them, getting them prepared in these areas so that now when it's time to hunt, they know that the deer will be there. However, if you make sometimes just a small bit of mistake, a deer will see you and you will not be successful. So it takes effort on the behalf of the hunter to also be strategic with the way he is able to shoot. He's got to be a marksman. You've got to hit a deer in the right spot in order to take him down. And those are the kinds of people that often now are more strategic with their game planning. They're looking at things from afar and they're moving in that direction. They realize that, hey, sometimes you only get one shot at certain opportunities. So when this door opens, I'm going to nail this interview. I'm going to nail this, this portion of my career. I'm going to nail my day-by-day opportunity so that when this time comes, I can nail it and I can continue to advance myself in my career. Those are people that tend to go a little further in life than small game hunters. Then you get those that I say are the reckless abandon of the crew, and that's the big game hunters. Those are these are the people. Is that a word? I was trying to say those and th- those and these at the same time. But these are the types of people that live with no regret. They live for adventure. They live for excitement. But ultimately, they have no fear. Do you know the chemical makeup of a person that wakes up, lays in the jungle with maybe a musket, a knife, a machete, and hunts a lion? The difference between a big game hunter and a bigger game hunter is often a big game hunter will hunt something that may in turn be hunting them. They'll fly out to these safaris and they'll put themselves in elements 
that ultimately is a big risk, big reward. Now, however, I, I just as a preface, I have to put this out. I'm not a fan of big game hunters just because I don't think you should kill things that you don't eat. So we don't eat elephants. We don't eat lions and tigers and those sorts of things. But I'm more or less talking to the mentality of a person that now wakes up and feels the need to not just hunt, but dominate. That's the mindset of a big game hunter. He is now waking up every morning and he is determined or she is determined in their mindset that I will dominate the day. These are people that are different. They get up four o'clock in the morning. They have these routines. They're running. They're working out. They are now taking their day by the horns from a very early stage and they are consistent in their routines. You see them in these circles where now they're going after bigger prizes. They're high risk, high reward people. They could lose it all. Or they could, yes, they could hit a fortune, but they don't think in the same terms of people like that are stuck in comfort zones and people that are stuck in these realms of, of, of comfortability and predictability. They understand market trends. They understand cultural trends. They are not go with the flow kind of people, but regardless of that, they are people that set their own course. They chart their own path these are big game hunters and that was one of the takeaways that I took from the story we are not all built differently I see some people that take pride in being 5k runners now often I hate running and if you see me running I would encourage you to run too because maybe I'm being chased by a bear or a pit bull or some other various creature that might be trying to take my head off but some people run like David Groggins I've listened to some of his inspirational podcasts and it's not uncommon for him to run 26 miles at a time. He's built different. Eric Thomas, built different. Like even Beyonce, if you see how much time and effort a uh, 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 entertainer on her caliber puts into her gift, she's built different. That's why they're rocking out stadiums. That's why they have million dollar contracts and endorsements because these people are charting their own path in a way that they determine their level of success. I want you to think about that for a moment. Are you that kind of person that you wake up and do you determine what your day is going to be like or do you just kind of go with the flow? Or are you that kind of person that just kind of hopes that nothing has changed since yesterday? I guarantee you big game hunters don't put their chance to luck. Does that make sense? They get up, they set a course, they set a goal, and they're determined that at all costs, I'm going to come back victorious. If not, I'm going to have quite a story to tell from it. I think these are important stories to, to think about because as weird as they are, there are definitely underlying things that we can get from them. And I would encourage you guys to look at your life, look at what kind of hunter you are look at what you're actually going after and then circle it and then look at the results you're getting some of you guys have dear tastes but you have small hunter mentality it's like you're shooting with bb's and pellets but your weapon is not strong enough to shoot buckshots and slugs and things that take down bigger things do not be afraid to step out with adventure. Do not be afraid to look behind door number two 
versus door number one all the time. Do not be afraid to maybe wear a new outfit tomorrow, maybe a new color scheme, maybe a new hat, maybe eat a different restaurant, maybe at that restaurant, maybe try something different on the menu. Don't be that person that every time you go somewhere, you're cheeseburgers and chicken tenders. I'm looking for a Coke or a sweet tea. Don't be that person if you're wanting more out of life than just the same mundane routine. Anyway, guys, this has been your host, Anthony Mitchell, and I wanted to come at you guys and talk about the mindset of a big hunter, because I feel like a lot of you have that potential to have big things in life, but sometimes you just need that little nugget that's going to take you from one step to the next. But until next time, enjoy. And this has been the End Zone Club. Be sure to like, share, subscribe. If you want to drop some money as a supporter, do that. Everything you donate towards this podcast goes towards very good causes and as many of you guys know we do a lot of free events designed for kids and the community but it's only made possible by your support